South Call is actually named for the final base camp uh, where you rest prior to hitting the top of Everest. So it's a bit of an analogy to say, hey, look, you've, you've come this far as a business owner. We've got you know the last few miles here. Let's accelerate you to the top. But we're not an aggregator just trying to get our hands on every single person. Very selective in the sense of it's got to have a certain look and feel to the business in order for us to say, okay, this is a good fit for the South Call Accelerator program. I'm giving bullet points, but behind each bullet point is a ton of work and a ton of discussion. So what do you get out of South Call? You get the strongest advisory team that is also hands and feet you could you could possibly find for your business. That's what you get. So the three ways to grow an e-commerce brand are through marketing, channel expansion, and product launches. In this episode, we're going to show you exactly how to go about it. It's a great episode you don't want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And- Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. How are you doing, 2Xers? Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I'm your host, Kunde Campbell, and the 2X e-commerce podcast is a podcast dedicated to digital commerce insights for retail and e-commerce teams. So each week on this podcast, we interview a commerce expert, a founder of a direct-to-consumer digital native brand, or a representative from a best-in-class e-commerce you know, SaaS product. And we give them a very tight remit to give you ideas you could test right away on your brand so you can improve commerce growth metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimately your gross merchant value. We are here to help you sell more sustainably on this show. Now, speaking of which, um, this particular guest, if you're a regular in this podcast, really needs no intro. He is um, Chris Ship Shipfering. He is um, the co-founder of um, two companies, South Call, which we're going to be talking about, and um, Global Wired Advices. They're, they're more... Um, e-commerce M&A, um, you know, firm that essentially assists sellers in selling, you know, their, 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 their businesses, you know, digital native sellers, whether you're a SaaS, you're, whether you're an e-commerce or whether you're an e-commerce SaaS tool, they, they will help you, you know, just defect that and take your 
your your brand to market. Now, this conversation I had with him is really speaking to the current state of the market at the moment, um, in general, just e-commerce trends, as well as what they're doing in Southcall. Southcall is more like an accelerator program. And I just felt like some of you may need help. Um, so let's say you're you know, exclusively selling D2C and you're looking to expand to Amazon and you need partners. These guys are like equity partners that would essentially help you, know, you essentially get the maximum potential from, from Amazon. Let's say you're, you're looking to, to move to retail. These guys would help. You know, let's say you think you're ripe for retail and they are geo agnostic. So whether in Europe or whether you're in the United States, um, they will assist. So it was really, really interesting conversation I had with, you know, Chris Ship Shipfring. Um, he has a very, very strong leadership, you know, um, team. Um, really, really, we, we talked about process extraction. We talked about, you know, what it looks like. What does it mean to really grow a, a brand rapidly within a 24, you know, um, you know, a, a 24 term period. I, I said it slowly this time, but yeah, really, really interesting. Enjoy the interview. Um, you might just hear a message from our sponsors and right after that, um, enjoy this interview. For now, I shall leave you and I'll catch you on the other side. Thank you. Cheers. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get going faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chubbies. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Hey, Chris, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. Um, you are a guest that needs no introduction. You were, um, you, you came in in season six, episode eight, I believe. Yeah. Um, and at the time you were talking about, um, you're, you, you were and still a managing partner, a global wired advisor. That's correct. Yeah. Which is more like an acquisition company. You know, it's, it's you're 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 more like brokers or an investment banks for yeah, to, for, for like digital native. Yeah, to put to put it simply, so we just speak in more you know I'd say simpler terms. Yes, I mean we we help broker or facilitate the sale of a company. So okay. you have a business, it's successful, it's growing, it's got great tenants. Um, yes, we will we we will help you find a buyer. We will run a process to find you a buyer for your company and make you lots of money. That's the most simplest form. <laughs> interesting. Very, very interesting. And now, do you want to speak a bit to South Call? Yeah. Actually, let's step back a little bit. Sure. And for, for just for the sake of people who haven't listened to that particular episode, to if you could just introduce yourself and yeah. sort of link what you guys are doing in Global wide South Call and seller funding. Let, let's let's start yeah, out there. That's that's great. Definitely can do that. So yeah. So at Global, as I mentioned, you know we are, um, you know by by cur- by our careers, my my founding partners are all bold, what we what you call bulge bracket investment bankers. They worked at you name it, City, Deutsche, 
Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and they worked there for for a very long time and worked their way up to very important positions and roles within those investment banks um, and hedge funds that they worked at. So um, big financial engineering careers. I came from consumer products, as I mentioned in the last call. So in a very succinct way, you know, I worked in um, baby products and toy, which was a lot of fun, very antiquated, but yet a lot of fun. Um, took them a while to catch up to the digital age. <laughs> and so, uh, but I, I worked in, uh, in that industry, but I, I worked around um, a lot of folks that came from the Unilevers and J&Js and Kimberly Clarks. And I worked with a lot of P&Gers as well. Um, mm-hmm. So while never actually having any type of classical training inside of those larger CPG companies, by osmosis, you know, learned a lot almost through all, all functions, but I focused primarily in sales and marketing, product development, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so when we started Global, it was really with the idea that, hey, there's a lot of digital first e-commerce. We were pre-aggregator. We have to go ahead and say that out loud. <laughs> We've now made a <laughs> distinction of people who are post or pre-aggregator. We were pre. We came in and we saw an opportunity to help e-commerce centric consumer product companies when it comes to selling their business. We analyzed what options they had when it came to the process. And we said, hey, we really think we can bring an institutional level process, something that's very thorough, very detailed, that can put your company in front of a wider base of potential buyers and bring that down to the lower, what I would call the lower middle middle market. Um, mm-hmm. You know, businesses that businesses that range anywhere between call it a million and a half, two million to 10 million, even so anyways, that's global wired. We did that. We have been doing that, um, over the past year and a half, uh, or year, uh, and some change. We started to notice as anybody who studies macroeconomic trends, uh, or even microeconomic trends, we started to notice, I mean, a pretty, pretty big slowdown in terms of liquidity, capital, flowing into these vehicles, aggregators, and even private equity funds who are already skeptical about buying an all Amazon business, buying a business that, um, frankly speaking, just didn't have all of the all of the traditional tenets of being a true CPG company. Um, we saw that slowdown. We felt it. You know, aggregators, of course, we don't have to get into it. We already did in the last call. But now, you know, from that time until now, it's slowed down dramatically. Lots of capital has stopped flowing into those vehicles in terms of for acquisitions. Um, some are still buying, but on a whole, most of them are, are internally focused now, trying to grow those companies. And so <clears throat> about a year and a half ago, um, first started talking to Escala um, about this. And Escala is a business consulting firm for e-commerce-based businesses. Um, they do a lot of business um, a process mapping, SOPs, kind of future state of the company, optimizing the operations of your business. And I was talking to the owners. How'd, how'd you spell? How'd you spell that? that, um, that E S C A L A Escala. So it's Spanish okay. for scale, but okay. they're based okay. in Tel Aviv. <laughs> Two great guys, uh, Yoni and um, Yoni and Lippy, and uh, they also own Multiply Me, which is like a geo arbitrage HR placement company. Um, mm-hmm. And so we were talking, and they came to to us actually with an idea that said, "Hey, look, you know." What this what this space really needs is something like an incubator, something like a accelerator program where we can take companies, put them through what we would consider a strong, quote, car wash and, and turn these businesses into fully kind of 
kind of a fully optimized state to then go off and to sell their company. Um, and so we started to have that dialogue. And then I was having a dialogue with sellers funding around the same time. And then we all three just said, Hey, let's, let's, let's talk about what this could look like. What does a growth fund potentially look like where you're pulling capital from sellers funding. So you overcapitalize a company You've got the operation improvements, operational improvements and optimization from Escala. And you've also got a syndicate of really strong resources to then deploy into the company mm-hmm. and, and watch it thrive, watch it grow. So instead of just putting pressure on the business to sell now, where you're definitely going to run into lots of dead ends and brick walls, because there's just not as many buyers as they as there were before. Let's grow the company. Let's turn it into something that you know lots of buyers would want and sell in less than two years. And we said, this is, this is a good idea. So we started a joint venture. And that joint venture is called South Call. Um, South Call is actually named for the final base camp uh, where you rest prior to uh, hitting the top of Everest. So it's mm-hmm. a bit of an analogy to say, hey, look, you've, you've come this far as a business owner. Um, we've got, you know, the last few miles here. Let's accelerate you to the top. You know, so instead of if you were to go to market, we've got a, We've got an investment right now that used um, a business broker to take to take their business to market. Could not catch a bid to, to didn't really catch hardly any bids. Mm-hmm. Um, the best bid that was received was what I would call mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um and this asset now is a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal company. And it is going through um, what we would call the car wash to help improve both operationally from a sales perspective, marketing perspective. And in less than two years, we're, we're going to take that business out and, and we're going to be able to catch a much stronger bid from corporate strategics, private equity, et cetera. Because it's going to be a company where we're developing the company into something we know that a larger swath of buyers would appreciate. So, yeah, that's a little bit about South Call. Super interesting. Super interesting. And how how are things going at South Call now? Um, you've been you've been around for for one um, year, just over a year. You said um, how many investments have you made? Um, yeah. And what sort of equity position do you have in most of your investments? Yeah. Look. Like um, like any good idea, as you well know, it was a it's been a year, but we just start. We actually just went live in August, <laughs> so okay. you know, lots of talking, lots of planning, lots of discussion. Um, you know, how are we going to make this successful? Uh, not wanting to rush it, but of course, wanting to time it correctly for the market. So, starting in August, yeah, we've got um, right now we've got about five companies that are under LOI, and we've got one active investment. Um, okay. And our pipeline continues to grow every single day. This is a this is not for everybody, and we're not trying to make it for everybody. Uh, we have lots of different conversations with a lot of different folks, but we're not an aggregator just trying to get our hands on every single person. You know, it's very selective in the sense of it's got to have cert- it's got to have a certain look and feel to the business in order for us to say, okay, this is a good fit for the South Call. Uh, accelerator program. So what's uh, your investment criteria? What's a typical DNA? Um, yeah, of, great question. Of, um, I mean, your yeah, look, it's got to be a brand. And 
we could spend five podcast series on defining what, <laughs> what that is means. a brand. But look, I think anybody who's listening kind of has at least some level of understanding that when I say it needs to be a brand, it can't just be product profit, right? I can't, we can't just, we're not going to invest in category ADD. We're not going to invest in, you know, things that are just, you know, you, you can tell was purchased for the sole sake of driving up <laughs> as much volume and then, okay, well, if it fails, I'll go find the next product. So the, um, the type of company we like to look at is, does it have, does it have a product roadmap? What's the, what's the level of innovation that you can, that you can deploy into the, into the products and into the company? Super mm-hmm. important things that just get genuinely, I've been to a lot of conferences. Product development is the one function that I've, no one wants to talk about. And when <laughs> I was working in CPG, it's the only thing you talked about. I mean, yeah. you know, we did budgets and sales forecasts and, you know, tons of, of sales and operational meetings and demand planning and, and et cetera. But our sole calendar year was predicated on product innovation we would bring to retailers for line reviews for them to put you on shelf because that's how we drove everything. That's how we drove all of our revenue. And yeah. so no matter where you're selling. And so Anyways, you got to have some level of, okay, this is, got, you know, brand, at least some level of, okay, this could be, this could have good, we could deploy good product innovation, we can develop, we can professionalize the product development process. And we also want to see growth. I mean, as simple as that sounds, and everybody's like, well, duh. No, really, like, we need to see growth. We're not, we're not looking for distressed assets. We're not looking for even distressed situations. You know, because we want to be able to come in and, as we like to say, we want to be a helper, not a hero. So you own a company like and you've run into two problems with your business that's really hindering faster growth. One is typically capital, as you well know. You and I have had mm-hmm. this conversation before. One is typically capital. And the other one is just resources. So a sole proprietor, a founder owner, typically if they've taken the time to go find all these great resources for the company, something suffered. Usually it's revenue because they haven't been focusing in on the company. They've been focusing in on the resources for the company. And so finding kind of that inflection point where the company needs capital and then we put the capital to use through really strong resources by looking across all functions. And so, you know, when we're doing our diligence, we're looking at it from a very specific point of view looking at every single function, supply chain, um, uh, you're looking at logistics, you're looking at product development, sales, marketing, et cetera. We're looking at it from a very specific lens to go, okay, um, wow, if we just, what's the, what's the strength here? What's the weakness here? What's the opportunity? What's the threat? If we deploy this cash with this resource, we're going to amplify the strength and we're going to fix the gap in the, in the, in the weakness. So that's kind of how we're looking at things. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we're, we're being quite – going back to what I said, it's, it's a very selective program but for a reason because we've got to be very good at choosing who we invest in because it's a, it's a time clock. I mean, we're really looking to go to market in the next two years um, and every subsequent 
every some subsequent brand that comes through the South Call Car Wash, as I like to say, um, it's a two-year process at that point. We've got some that we're looking at that might go a little bit further than that, but mm-hmm. we're looking and 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 we're very blunt with folks too, which is great. They might say, hey, no, I'm looking on for a five-year plan. Awesome. Let me help you find some resources, but you're not a South Call fit. Right. You know, let me work with you on, you know, identifying what you may need. Let me make introductions to our network, you know, help you find capital, but we're not, we're not your guys. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I, it's just a very, very important point you made there. Um, first, the, the two year sprint. And in my opinion, it's, it's really a sprint. And um, the fact that your helpers are not heroes. Um, and, and, and the other point I wanted to make was really, you know, growth, you know, you, you mentioned product development in, in, in what I keep on preaching is that there are three key ways of growing a business. You know, one is, you know, obviously through your, your brand and marketing, the, the other is channel expansion. And, and the third is, you know, having a product launch, you know, a, a, a product development, you know, roadmap, which, which you just alluded to. Um, just, just, just going underneath the surface with with what you guys are doing at South Call. What what does your growth team look like, and what are you planning to achieve? Say 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 we come to you with you know ten million you know dollars in revenue, where where, where you know a bit there is is, is about two point five million, um, and we're 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 at we're at SoCal now, and we we want to you know get to the summit with 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 your help through your yeah. your, your car wash. What where where are you going to take us to? And um, who who, we, yeah. who would we be working with? What what does your growth team look like? Great question. Very good question. So first first thing we're going to do is we're going to start to outline a business plan for the next two years, and we're going to align and agree on where the company needs to go before we all decide this is this is when it's time to go to market. Now a lot of that feedback is coming from Global Wired. If you're already at two and a half and ten, you're in a really good position. Because typically around that 10 million, 2 million mark is when private equity and and kind of larger, more sophisticated capital providers will actually look at your company. You know, anything less than that, they just see as being too small. It's just not worth their time. Mm-hmm. So you're already starting in a good position. Secondly, we're going to start diving in and understanding the business in bite-sized pieces, just like, just like I was describing. So you're going to be working with um, our internal you know, partner, partner team, along with, we've got two other people that work with us uh, inside of South Call. Now we're always going to stay very small as, as call it employees or full-time people inside of the fund, um, because we're building up a syndicate of strong resources um, outside of our fund. And so we're going to look at every single function and we're going to break it down. We're going to break down your finances all your financials. We're going to see where, um, you know, do you have a good picture of, of liquidity? Do you have a good picture of cash flow modeling? Um, you might tell me, I want to get into retail. That's great. We can help you get into retail. It's not just help. We can A, create a retail strategy. B, mm-hmm. do all of the hard work to make sure that you are retail ready. Mm-hmm. C, Understand if you are, from a cash flow perspective, ready for retail, or if we have to allocate use of funds by overcapitalizing the business towards a retail path. Because as you 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 well know, it's not a it's not a cheap endeavor. Mm-hmm. Wanting to get into retail is a very expensive path, but it's high reward, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you would be working internally with us, um, and then once you became, we would build out a business plan. Once we get through all the diligence, we agree on a business plan. 
And then from that point, we're executing on the business plan together. And so prior to that, and really day one, now we're going to start deploying resources. So for instance, let's just pick on, let's just say you come to us and around 10 million, you're going to be good at one thing or two things. You're not going to be good at all things, right? Mm -hmm. So you might come to us and say, um, like we picked on retail, but you might say, look, I'm only 98, I'm 98% direct to consumer. I'm not, I like, I know I need to expand into the Amazon channel. Okay, great. We're going to, what category are you? Are you beauty? Are you pet? Are you baby? Are you going down the category list? Your beauty? Great. I got three agencies we're going to take this to, and we're going to get an audit done, and we're going to get feedback on 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 what they would do, how they would how how they would create a plan of attack to then grow your business specifically through Amazon. And we're building out resources that are very category specific. I mean, we're getting very laser focused here, and it's for mm-hmm. a reason. Because we don't have time to just throw it towards, you know, a friend or we don't have time just to pick some random agency. You know, we need we need to find efficiencies and shortcuts. So you might come to us and say, I'm amazing at Amazon. But your direct to consumer is just super, super poor. It's a weakness of Mm -hmm. the business, but you want to expand into that channel. Again, your beauty, great. I got two digital marketing agencies that have lots of beauty customers or clients. So let's now go to them. Let's talk to them. You see my point. So effectively what we're doing is when we're building out the business plan, it's going to tell us everything we need to know. Because within that business plan, I'm not just using business words, but we're doing a SWOT analysis, like I said earlier. We're doing the strength, the weaknesses, and opportunities and threats. And we're looking at every single function and we're breaking it down into bite-sized pieces to go, okay, what really needs to be deployed? And how do we all agree that with this business plan, it's going to get from 10 to the agreed upon number? Now, you might Mm -hmm. say, look, I'm wanting to get to 5 million of of EBITDA. And we agree and say, hey, at 5 million, we think we can get 35 to 45 million, maybe 50 million for the company, depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's our reasons why we believe that. Um, well, now you're talking about you've got to grow from 10 to 20. So we've got to sit there and build out a business plan, a two-year business plan that shows us how we're going to go from 10 million to 20 million. But we got to build out all the infrastructure from the from a financial perspective with you to show that margins aren't going to get compressed. You're going to keep grow, you know, gross product high. What's the product roadmap that's going to drive us there? You see where I'm going with this? It's all, right. I mean, I'm giving bullet points, but behind each bullet point is a ton of work and a ton of discussion. So what do you get out of South Call? You get the strongest advisory team that is also hands and feet you could you could possibly find for your business. That's what you mm. get. And then what do you guys get? Um, do you, do, is it a minority stake in the business or a controlling is. stake? Okay. Yep. okay. So We're how do you make right. decisions? How, you know, that, that, that always be kickbacks from founders, especially founders that are emotional about their businesses as yeah. most founders are. How do you sort of, you know, um, just overcome those, those kind of objections if you're a minority stakeholder and trying to, 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 to implement growth or effect growth? Yeah. Great question. I mean, look, um, we have, we have some things built into our our operating agreement um, mm-hmm. around the capital use and some restrictions around some of the capital use. But the business owner is still the business owner. I mean, they're majority and they have final say. So for us, it's not just about finding the right business. 
if we found the best business, but the business owner isn't aligned with us from mm-hmm. both the personality perspective, cultural fit, we just know that, hey, we're going to work well together. So there's a lot of diligence around the the, the EQ, <laughs> not just the yeah. IQ. Absolutely. And so we spend a lot of time with the owner, not just one or two phone calls. We spend a lot of time before we start signing paperwork because it's super important that we can all align together and make decisions and trust one another. But at the end of the day, the risk is on us because business owner could just say, no, I don't want to do any of this. And so that is our risk, but you're right. We do have a, I don't say we, but in general, I agree. There are a lot of founder owners that don't want to give up they don't want to give up the final say, and we don't want them to give up the final say. But we do put some restrictions around the capital use. That's about it. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly 500 billion by 2025. As a fast-growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Recharge powers the growth of over 15,000 subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omni-channel brand, subscriptions strengthen the brand relationships with your customers and make it easy for customers to make repeat purchases. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty, and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. Did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R. G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. All right. So yeah, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. Let's step back a little bit. You you, you did, you know, um, touch upon macro and micro. Um, what what macro trends are you seeing now in 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 the digital retail space? I I really 
don't want to um, be specific to D2C or Amazon, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, we can you guys are coming across <laughs> a lot, yeah. you know, in Global Advices and, um, and, and, and um, you know, South, South Hall. Yeah. Macro wise, I mean, look, the consumer, the consumer is still pretty healthy. The balance sheet of a consumer is still fairly healthy. Um, debt on the consumer balance sheet is starting to grow. Um, you know, the average consumer's debt load is starting to go up. Um, they are starting to get squeezed when it comes to discretionary purchasing. Um, it's flow, it's flowing into, it's flowing into staple purchasing, right? So they're paying more for gas or paying more for food. They're paying more for, for staple items, right? So discretionary tends to then get scrutinized by the consumer. So that's where, when we're seeing any type of slowdown in sales, um, it's because of that. It's coming from from that perspective. Unemployment still very low, at least in the United States. I can't speak for the UK, mm-hmm. um, but in general, unemployment is pretty low, which is still driving the consumer to have a, a healthy balance sheet. Um, look, more and more CEOs are talking about recession next year. Recession, of course, as we unfortunately know, drives up unemployment. You start to have a massive tightening of the belt pretty much across the board. Um, discretionary tends to go way down, but you always get through a recession. And so we assume that, and we're making the assumption that the next, I'd say six to nine, six to nine months, um, it's going to be fairly hard. It's going to be harder. It's going to be harder to grow. Um, but that does not going to just, that's not going to peanut butter and apply to every, everybody. I mean, even through recessions, you still have, you know, growth and you still have brands that grow, et cetera. Um, Coming out of that six to nine months, I mean, I'll speak from an acquisition perspective. M&A is a leading economic indicator. And Mm -hmm. so it always bounces back. Like when you're in the bottom here of a recession, like right about here, (laughs) that's that's when around here is when M&A starts to activity starts to go back up. And the reason for that is it's a it's a leading economic indicator, which means that it's always looking into the future. So mm-hmm. once it knows where the bottom is, and that's really that's honestly the biggest problem that a lot of <laughs> a lot of folks are figuring out right now is yeah. no one knows where the bottom is. We haven't felt yeah. it yet, but we're feeling yeah. it. Everyone's feeling that like, ooh, we're getting there. Like it's coming yeah. close, but we're not yeah. there yet. So yeah. once and it's gonna take a minute to actually get there. So once we get there, MA starts to come back. And then from that perspective, everything else tends to follow. Um, yeah. So you know what happens next. They're already talking about it. They're tightening They're tightening all of the monetary policy right now. So we're going through QT. There is a QE that will be coming, the easing. I'd say sometime Q3 of next year, I believe, is what some economists mm-hmm. are starting to predict, which who can you really listen to these days? Every economist has an opinion and <laughs> – well, I won't go there, but yeah, it's just, you don't really know who to listen to anymore, but um, yeah, but there is going to be easing. And when easing happens, then we get back to where we were, which is cheaper cap, cheaper cost of capital. Um, you know, consu- consumers start to feel more confident in purchasing, sliding away from staple, going back into discretionary inflation starts to go down, you know, mm-hmm. you start to feel that new normal of what gas prices actually look like and wages mm-hmm. start to go back up, all that, all that good stuff. So but we're definitely in that you're, it's like, um, you ever been caught in a really bad thunderstorm and before the thunderstorm happens, 
you can feel it almost in your bones, like the barometric yes. pressure, right? And yes. you just kind of feel like, ooh, something's about to hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think everyone's feeling that moment. Right so, now, exactly, yeah. before it starts to pour. Yeah. <laughs> to pour out. And then I, the I, was, I, was, I was at an event a few weeks ago, and, and I met um, you know someone who, who, who works in m and at Goldman Sachs, and um, he, he just echoed your sentiments. He, he's like, you know, um, nobody really knows where the bottom is. Um, there's they several people who claim to, to know exactly. Um, but, but looping back to, to, to what you guys are doing, yeah. I, I could see the appeal to an entrepreneur. So now um, interest rates are, you know, higher. Um, I, I hear, you know, you, you, sometimes you can see five, 6% in the United States, you know, um, with good credit. Um, and in the UK, it's our base rate is still about 3% and it's been capped. Um, I don't think, um, you know, they, 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 they have any plans of further increasing it, but it might be 3% for a very long time. Yeah. Right. So, so with that, um, I could see the appeal if you partner up with, you know, with, 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 with partners like yourself, you know, like, like South core and, and, um, you're, you're getting an infusion of capital with, with zero interest. Obviously you're, you're, you're giving away some equity, but the, the upside there is growth. You know, you mentioned the 10 to 20 and not to say that 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 is, you know, um, a typical, um, you know, deal structure, but there's that growth. And I'd rather have, you know, a percentage of, you know, a, a bigger pie, a much bigger pie than, yeah. you know, hundred the, the whole pie of a smaller situation and also the company, you know, um, yeah. there's nothing like, um, you know, rubbing shoulders and um, just leaning on, um, on experts, you know, domain experts yeah. to, to navigate and guide you in a particular pathway. So, so it's, it's interesting, really, really interesting proposition. Yeah. And I could see some that there's a UK business doing something similar to what you guys are doing. Um, are you, are you, are you strictly US? Do you cover just US, North America? No, or no, no. Um, do you, first, do you work with? Yeah, no, our first investment is, um, Australian. We're looking at somebody else who's based in the UK. I mean, we're, we're geography agnostic, mm. um, you know, because this day and age you, you can be, um, so yeah, and, we're and definitely with, geography agnostic. Yeah. And, and then what's, when you define CPG, are, are you speaking specifically to fast moving consumer goods or are you speaking broader to, to just consumer goods in general? Broader, uh, broader, but not, I'll explain. <laughs> okay. So like we're, we're not into food and Bev, like we're not into okay. a lot of consumables, but we're probably, I would say more into durable um, and dur- durable goods within specific categories. Like we love pet. We love baby. Mm-hmm. Um, home and kitchen is, is okay. It's good. Um, kind of juvenile products being baby. So toy plays a role in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, yeah, I'm trying to think what else we're looking at. Um, outdoor. That's another mm-hmm. one. We like outdoor a lot. Mm-hmm. So you know, supplements, not so much, you know, we're not from a, from a growth, from a growth fund perspective, um, on the global side, we've taken supplement businesses to market. We've sold them. Um, they're not typically that exciting though on, on the, they're not exciting on the growth fund side. Um, and so So many underwriters don't want to, um, you know, um, fund, I'm I'm talking about it from, uh, acquisition. Yeah. 
um, you know, loan perspective they, or debt, you know, acquisition debt, they don't want to finance um, vitamins. Is it because it's high risk? Do they perceive it to be a it's, high risk article? Yeah, it's a lot of competition. It's he- right. heavily concentrated. It, the barrier of entry is quite low. And so, you know, unless you've got something like it's really hard to trademark, it's hard to get proprietary um, product development inside mm-hmm. of supplements and, and vitamins. And so you either have to have like size, like you've proven to whoever is purchasing the business, I can go from X to here very quickly right? Um, because people love my brand. People love my product. Like you actually have built a real community um, mm-hmm. and off Amazon that tends to be a much more stronger appeal. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know where I'm going with this. I'm not talking yeah. about a whole lot of companies. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it's, it's mainly it's on Amazon. So that definitely kind of dings folks yeah. where it's hard to rotate off Amazon. 85% of yeah. the supplements online are sold through Amazon. So it's hard. I mean, literally speaking, um, selling supplements should be a supplement to your core product. So let's say you've done really well with a proprietary product. Let's say you 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 device something in, in the nootropic space. It's really good. You're, you're doing D2C and it's it's great. Um, you have a core base. You could stack it up with some, you know, supplements as additional SKUs. But I don't think, you know, going straight for supplements as your core business and hey, we're selling supplements, we're selling you know, all the supplements, in the, you know, in, in the world. Yeah, but, don't know. It's yeah, interesting. Super, I totally super agree interesting. You, I totally agree. Right. So so we're, we're coming to the end of 2022 now. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's what's your on, on reflection? Um, what would you say about 2022 good bad ugly and what are you <laughs> most looking forward to 2023 yeah look you know if you're if you're in the business of acquisitions it was not an easy year um mm. you know if 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 you were in acquisition space um selling lower middle market traditional businesses it was a good year for you there's a lot of seniors here in this they call the silver kind of the silver business there's a lot of sil- seniors here um, that are retiring baby boomers that are retiring and looking to sell their companies. They've built, you know, big plumbing businesses and big, uh, HVAC businesses, electrical, you know, electrical, uh, companies, you know, traditional, traditional kind of businesses in lower middle market. The stats all say it was a, it was a really good year for consumer products. It was a very challenging year for digital first e-commerce first companies it was a very challenging year. Um, and so I'd say that would be my word. I would use the word challenging. Um, mm-hmm. And I think what it did is, look, I'll speak now to the space of um, the ecosystem uh, of just Amazon, kind of that, not Amazon, but just the ecosystem of aggregators and all that liquidity that that ran up pretty quickly that, that developed in its own ecosystem. I think that it went from here and tw- it went it went to here in 20, 2020. It went to here in 2021, like we're pretty mm-hmm. wide. And then it purged. And I think it contracted in 22. And I think mm-hmm. it got rid of a lot of um, con artists, man. I think it got rid mm-hmm. of a lot of folks that came in, saw quick money and realized that when things got challenging, they really didn't serve any purpose here in the space. And I think from that perspective, that was good. I think but we're also going to see in the next year in this particular space, I think we're going to see a lot of capital flow back in. It's going to be more professional capital. 
they're going to be looking for really good businesses. They're going to want to invest um, stronger into the aggregator funds that mm-hmm. survived through all of this. Um, aggregators aren't going away. Aggregation has been around for a very long time. It's not a new or novel concept. Um, mm-hmm. And it's here to stay. And so you're going to have the strong survive. And I think you're going to have a lot of capital flow into that in the next year. So I think 2023 is a rebuild. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think 24 and beyond is is what we would consider taking from Dr. Fauci, the new normal, <laughs> uh, you know, what we would see in this space. But, you know, you had you had you had a very quick, almost anomalous like event in all this run up of cash to go and just gobble up a bunch of Amazon centric direct to consumer businesses during a time period where all of the money flowed to e-commerce because we were all in our houses. Right. And then when that stopped, you know, what's the new buzzword you see on LinkedIn? It's not D to C it's omnichannel. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. That's true. That's true. And which by the way, it was a buzzword. You've been, you've been, you've been around. Ago. It's been a buzzword <laughs> for a while. It's been a buzzword since I started back in 2003 yeah. in consumer products. It's not something new under the sun. And so, yeah. but, but that's where I think, you're going to you're going to leave. I think you're going to re, you're going to start reaching a level of maturity in 24, 25, 26 within this kind of digital first e-commerce centric um, space. So, yeah, I think challenging is what I would say about 22. Yep, yep, yep. I, 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 I agree with you. I agree with you. And and um, my my the opportunity I'm seeing in, in this chaos, um, more or less, is um, just brand owners putting their head down and, you know, trying to, to cross the, 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 the chasm, you know, that 10 million chasm. So they're all of a sudden, right. you know, um, attracted, attractable to, to, to private equity. And a lot of the time when, when you're there, they're not necessarily giving you multiples based on a bitter. Um, they might just do it on revenue or they might give you really high multiples, you know, in, you know, and as you said, the new normal 2024, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that that is a challenge now for for everybody to to take on to to see how can we sort of rapidly grow our brands, not take much out of it, put a lot of resources in um, to, to 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 really growing it, and you know um you know attracting you know high high end buyers. I um, totally agree, and I, I think on that same note, man, I think what 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 really is is uh, what a lot of business owners and a lot of folks that you. Um, both hang around as your peers and consult um, in your own business. Um, I, I think what happened was you had uh, it, it's almost like the teacher uh, in grade school, you know, whenever they would do like a, a, a learning kind of a learning curve, I think is what they would call it. Or they did. So like whatever the top average was, everyone got kind of like to get an extra 10 points or 20 points. If more of the average was like an 85 or a 90, Mm-hmm. Um, point in saying that is we went through a time period where I think a lot of people got a lot of grace and forgiveness for mistakes, for not actually having like great companies, um, just because all, you know, is it high tide lifts all ships, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it was, it was the pandemic just, I mean, if you were just selling on, on, if you had inventory and you were selling online and you had just something decent. I think you saw some really good success. We saw that with a lot of our clients. And now you're reverting back to, no, man, you got to be like a real company. 
you got to grow yeah. your brand. You've got to mm-hmm. you've got to have a real sales and marketing plan. You've got to have that roadmap. Like there, to your point, exactly what you said earlier, and I, and that's that's very challenging for not everybody can grow a business. And I think that was part of the farce. I think that was part of the the um, the fallacy that 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 uh, arose through the pandemic is that oh well I mean this is I can grow everybody can do this it seems like and it's just mm-hmm. not true it's hard out of nine out of a hundred businesses that start ninety eight of them fail and I think that the pandemic gave a false reality and I think people are now starting to feel that yeah yeah and um, God bless the people who who cashed out <laughs> on you know pandemic profits <laughs> pandemic I helped, I helped a lot of them. I helped a lot of them, man. And I'm telling you, like, I am just like, oh, I Talking mean. Talking about selling high. They're, oh, uh, we could have, when we finally meet in person, we'll share it. We'll swap stories absolutely. and drink some beers. Absolutely. And, yeah. absolutely. No, it another very good point around um, Escala, um, you know, which is systematization. So just going back to South Core, um, what do you do um, in regards to, like, process extraction yeah. Um, how deep do you go? You have a ten, you have a twenty-four month sprint. It's not much time, but but how? W- what is your approach to to to, to extract in systems, knowing what's going on, getting that yeah. single source of truth, and just you know getting the heck started and um, yeah. you know creating a plan. Great question. So typically, a scala works on about a three to four month engagement, and so mm-hmm. giving a scala twenty four months actually is giving them a lot of time to work. So you get a dedicated, um, you get a dedicated consultant uh, from the Escala team. Um, these are all ex Deloitte, EY, KPMG. I mean, these are all ex, you know, very top four type of mentalities. Yeah. Um, and so we have twenty four months then to to do everything you just said, all all, all the above. But the difference is. We do the normal work, and then we actually are involved in the execution with the owner. So, you know, when you're extracting, it's more than just process and finding the bottlenecks, right? It's about because really, what happens is in a true BC type of engagement, it's okay. Here's what the future state of the company should look like. Here are all your inefficiencies. Here are your bottlenecks. Here are your new processes. And it's a lot of like I'm showing you, and then I'm going to show you what to do. Yeah. In this case, you actually get all of that included, by the way, as being part of our um, investment fund. So that's all just included. But you also get the hands and feet to then say, well, we're not leaving you here like we normally would. You mm-hmm. actually are going to get execution on all of these things to make this company much better yeah. and more valuable for the future. You know, if there's if there's specific uh, gaps in terms of um, workflow and a need of just actual human capital or people, um, we can pull from multiply me and put all the right workers in place to make sure that the company, we can fill in all the different gaps. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, and the other thing too, is on a global wired side, on an investment banking side, this is like, you talk to any investment banker and you ask them, what do you prefer out of a client? Do you prefer working with them where you get their business ready in three months and then take them to market? Or if you had the opportunity to work with them for 24 months, would you do that? 100% of the time, they'd say 24 months because we can get in early, we can take our time, we can really start to guide and steer the company in the right optimized direction, mm-hmm. telling all the functions where to go based on what we know from the capital world. And we can start having discussions with potential capital providers a whole heck of a lot earlier 
to really get some good feedback. So we might go to some private equity funds and say, hey, look, I'm not going to name names, but here's the company. Here's what it is. Here's what it represents. Here's what it's doing, et cetera. Then they're going to start giving you feedback on things they like and they don't like based on other portfolio companies that they have, their experience within that particular category, things that they're looking at, kind of molding things to a, I'd say, general bias or consensus around a certain category. I mean, these are all super, super helpful things mm-hmm. to then optimize your multiple. You know, people always talk about this in the space. You know, here are the things you can do to optimize your multiple. And they're like, you need to have better profit. You need to have better this. And it's like, no, man, if I can get in there and really start to see what the guts and the inner workings of the company, I can start to shape and mold this thing into knowing what these people over here are telling me are really good for a business that 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 is in your category. And mm-hmm. so that's what really starts to affect multiples when you can actually start to affect change a lot earlier. So yeah. all, all around, man, the hands and feet, the hands and feet aspect of this growth fund is, is big. And then the thing that we bring to the table that, frankly speaking, we have first mover advantage on is the capital. So you've got all this great stuff that typically comes with sweat equity, but mm-hmm. we're like, no, we actually have working capital we're bringing to the table as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, super interesting. Super, super interesting. Yeah. Um, how, how long does it take to diligent, uh, you know, a brand um, that, that yeah. typically approaches yourself? Good, good news is we're pretty good at it just because on the global wired side, we've been doing it mm-hmm. for five years. And then my, my, um, my partner, Jason, who's involved in South call with me has been, he's been an investment banker his entire career. So we're really good. Uh, our CEO, Nick, um, same thing. He started off as an investment banker, has owned and sold multiple businesses of his own, um, is, a, is on, a, on boards of, I, I think, 15 different companies. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's got a good eye. We have a great eye. Escala comes in and does their work kind of pre, pre-Escala work, which is most of our diligence from an operational perspective. We're pretty good, man. We're pretty good at getting in there and getting our hands dirty and discovering very quickly if this is an opportunity or not. So that shortcuts a lot. And we move about as fast as the client can move. But look, like anything, you want it to go as fast as possible, but it's usually about a 60-day process. Mm-hmm. We try and fast track that, but we don't really want to go. We don't want to sprint. Like we want to know that we can get along with the founder and the owner and everything that I've said mm-hmm. earlier. We don't want to miss anything uh, mm-hmm. because like we're not just buying the business like an aggregator. I mean, we're we're getting in we're getting into the operating agreement with somebody. I mean, that's a I mean, you know, this you've got it's lots heavy. of business it's partners. Heavy. It's yep. heavy, man. It's yeah, it's it's a marriage. It's <laughs> is, it is. It is. It is. It's it's a term marriage, though. <laughs> it's a Twenty-four marriage, months, right? It's a marriage with every single one has a prenup. That's basically right. it. <laughs> right, 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 right. We, so. we go on and on and on. Um, really love this stuff. Um, South Call. Um, for those of you who want to find out more, it's it's South Call. That's S O U T H C O L dot co. South Call is an accelerator fund partnering with successful e-commerce founders to illuminate the trail and traverse it together. Together, like the Sherpas of Everest, culminating in an optimized exit value, obviously in 24 months. Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure having you again you on well. the podcast. Thank so and, and thanks for, for, for also, um, you know, turning up at um, the Commerce Excel conference we recently that was just awesome. um, concluded Love that. back in yeah. September. Thank you. All right. Um, 
Till next time, um, if right. you hang out on any social media, are you, you're active on LinkedIn, aren't you? You're very. Or, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Yeah, and I mean, okay. we've got South Call has a LinkedIn. We're 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 working to get more active there. I think all of us are just okay. so stinking busy, but um, yes, very active on LinkedIn for sure. We'll connect to 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 your handles, your social handles. Thank you so much, awesome. Chris. Cheers. All right, thank you so much. Cheers, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.